Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Once again, we've come to your throne room of grace to obtain mercy and grace in time of our need. And therefore, this morning, we once again come to you. We pray, Father, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. Strengthen our testimony. Strengthen our convictions. Strengthen, O Lord, because you said that you and you alone have the words of life. And we have come to that very word this morning and let it become living. Let it come forth as a fountain, Lord, even from the deepmost parts of our inner man, even as we receive your word by faith. Father, transform us. Let our minds and our thinkings change. And enable us, Lord, to walk in that straight and narrow path every day of our lives. And therefore this morning, we commit ourselves to your kind hands. Speak to our hearts. Anoint us afresh. Teach us your ways. Show us your paths. And lead us into the way of everlasting life. We thank you. We praise you. For in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, we will be today ending three months of the lockdown. It's uh, 22nd of June. I think we started on the 23rd of March. So if it started on the 23rd, so this is the, if you take literally the 30, 31 days of every month, three months of lockdown will be over officially. And we'll be entering into the fourth month if it continues this way. Yeah, so if another month goes by, we'll be spending almost one third of the year, 33.3% of the year <laughs> in lockdown mode. Unprecedented in the history. And I believe many of us would be wondering, Lord, what's happening? When will all this end? Or will it end? Will it even ever end? For a lot of people in our own country, especially the poor, this has been, this has probably been the worst period of their lives. Many of them, right? Many of them trapped in different situations, unable to come out of it, helpless, absolutely. Constrained. And they don't know what to do. And many of, many believers too. Maybe, I don't know. All they can say is, I'm trapped, Lord. <laughs> Please help. <laughs> That's all you, they can say. You know? All we can say, I'm trapped. Please help. It's not a very, it's not a very, uh, um, good feeling to feel trapped. You know? A lot of people feel trapped. It's various situations. Trapped in a company, <laughs> maybe. Unable to get out. There are no opportunities. Feel trapped that you're not growing. Trapped in relationships, maybe. Okay. Different kind of situations. You have what I call as a cave experience. No. Trapped not because of your mistakes. Trapped because somebody else is after your life. Turn with me to First Samuel chapter 22. And let's read from, let's read verse 1. That's enough. And then we can go back later to that place. 
David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Okay. Cave. Now, if you know caves are not very uh, comfortable places to be in. Yeah. Yeah. If you've... Uh, there could be a lot of bats for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of uh, various weird kinds of things, creepy things. Not very comfortable, no? To be trapped in a cave. So David therefore departed from there and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. And he is there in a cave now. Not a very comfortable place. Just in the previous chapter, if you turn there to First Samuel chapter 21, you can read the last five verses. You will see something very interesting. Then David, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let me just read, let's read from verses 10 and 11, the last two verses maybe. Then David arose and fled that day from before Saul and went to Akish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Akish said to him, is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing to him, sing of him to one another in dances saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David is ten thousands? So, you know what, your, your fame has now become so popular that fame has itself become a trap for you now. Now David took these words to heart. And was very much afraid of Akish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before him and pretended madness in their hands. Scratched on the doors of the gate and let his saliva fall down from his beard. Now this is powerful. What a powerful imaginary of a, uh, imagery of a guy who just few chapters back, he just slaughtered one, the great giant, the unconquerable giant called Goliath. And now all of a sudden, he's acting like a madman. He's acting in fear. And just let his saliva fall down to his beard. And then what happened? And Akesh said to his servants, look, you see the man is insane. <laughs> Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen? <laughs> that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? This Shall this fellow come into my house? And then go on, goes on to say, uh, David therefore, chapter 221, chapter 221 verse 1. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So you understand the context, okay. Saul is after his life. He's running in fear. He goes to Philistine territory and he acts like a madman. In fear, of course. And then he comes to this place and he feels trapped. And many of you might be feeling trapped. Think about this, no? Just in the previous chapter, okay, we see this. David... Behaving like a madman. He's being pursued by the king. By his king. The one whom he served loyally. And now he is in a cave. Why? All because one day a prophet came home and anointed him as king. He never asked to be one. He didn't want all this. He was content to be a shepherd all his life. And he enjoyed his profession. Quote unquote. Whatever the profession is. He was happy. Content and without a care in the world. Him and his heart. And his sheep. Secure in his life. He was enjoying the presence of the Lord. He was enjoying the victories of God too. Like kill the lion, kill the bear. He was absolutely secure in his life. Without a care in the world. And one day he is asked by his father to visit his brothers in battle. Victory after victory against Goliath and is catapulted into instant fame. 
He serves the master now. And now this master, whom he serves loyally, becomes jealous of him. Why? And then you know what happens to this guy. He's raft after his life. He's trapped in a cave. Now think about it, no? What kind of an obscure life David actually lived? If you, if you turn with me to First Samuel chapter 16, I'll show you a few verses to see what is going on over here. First Samuel chapter 16. And verse 14. This is after David is anointed as king. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And then go on. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp and it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you and you shall be well. Okay, it's called... uh, Music therapy, I don't know. Okay. Some kind of a therapy is being recommended, being recommended to him. So Saul said to his servants, provide me a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of the servants answered and said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse, said to him, send me your son David, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent him by his, sent them by his son David to Saul. So David came to Saul and stood before him and he loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent to Jesse saying, please let David stand before me for he has found favor in my sight. He has already found favor in his sight. Then goes on. And so it was whenever the spirit of God, uh, spirit from God, not of God, spirit from God, uh, was upon Saul. Okay, now this evil spirit from God is coming upon Saul. Alright? Now even after this incident, even after the spirit of the Lord comes upon Saul, he prophesies naked, by the way. Okay. It's, uh, crazy things are happening with him now. I don't want to go into those details, but, and so it was whenever the spirit from God was upon Saul, that say David would take a harp and play it with his hand, then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him, and then, uh, verse 24, okay, sorry, yeah, verse 23, so he was with Saul, okay, verse 23, you know, 17, 17 onwards, if you look at the next chapter, 17, 1, it's very interesting, now, Philistines gathered their armies together to battle, and were gathered at Sukkot, which belongs to Judah, they encamped, and if you turn with me to the same chapter, um, and verse uh, Two, verse 2. That's enough, verse 2. And Saul and the men of Israel gathered together and, and they encamped in the valley of Phelah and drew up in battle array. And then uh, when uh, the Goliath comes and challenges, if you turn, with, turn to verse 11, very interesting things again. And when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. So, this is happening. And you know the story that David comes and he fights the battle. By this time, David is already there uh, in Saul's uh, court and he is, he is ministering there. And he's already found favor in the eyes of Saul. Now, after the battle is over, after he slays the Philistines, something interesting is spoken about him. Turn to same chapter, chapter uh, 17 and verse 55. This is after David kills Goliath. When Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, 
Whose son is this youth? Are you already know it, right? I mean, till then, even Saul didn't take him seriously. He was happy till now, till this point, absolutely happy and content. Abner, whose son is this? And Abner said, as, so, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. I know uh, your people in your in your court have th- said this guy is a guitar player. That's that's all. Possibly even uh, uh, Saul knew about David. Suddenly, his uh, a guitar player, a worship team leader, goes and kills uh, the giant, and he's catapulted into instant flame and uh, fame. And Abner, whose son whose son is this youth? And Abner said, "As your soul lives, O king, I do not know." And then verse fifty six. So the king said. Inquire whose son is this young man. Now think about this. He already knows. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Hmm. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Till this time he was absolutely content. At the moment he slays the Philistine, things will change in his life. Chapter 18, you'll see Jonathan becomes uh, his friend. And now he's after slaying the Philistine, he's entering into the capital. And the lady starts singing. The moment the lady starts singing, the problem starts happening. Okay. So after that, he is after his life. What did he do? Nothing. Now enters into a place and he feels trapped. And he's saying, Lord, I've come to this point in my life and I feel absolutely trapped. Trapped and nothing to do. A lot of people feel like that, no? They feel trapped. Trapped, I told you, as I said, trapped in relationships. Trapped in besetting sin. Unable to overcome. Trapped in relationships especially. So complicated now. (laughs) The situations have become so complex. As I said, it's like entwined, you know, when, uh, what's it, what's it, what's it called, uh, entangled in relationships. If you mean, if you, if you know what I'm talking about, entangling, if you see those wires over there, you know, if you don't roll them properly, what will happen to them? They get entangled. And you have to be very slowly, you have to re- take out knot after knot, knot after knot, so that you can make it straight. And that's exactly what happens, is happening to David. He's feeling absolutely trapped for no Mistake of his. What was his mistake? Loyalty. But many people are trapped for different different reasons because this is a cave experience and it could happen to any one of them. For example, if you turn to Judges chapter 6, look at some people who hide in caves. Judges chapter 6 was 1 onwards, 1 to 6. 1 to 6. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. See, evil is not in the sight of man. It is in the sight of the Lord. Okay. That is what you have to be very careful of. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midian for seven years. And the word Midian means strife. Okay. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves what? The dens, the caves and the strongholds. Where are they now? In dens and caves and strongholds. All because they have rebelled against God and God gave them over now. That's exactly what says what it says in Romans chapter 1. God gave them over to a debased mind. God gave them over to lustful passions. Now what are they? They are trapped in a cave. All because of their own sin. 
lot of people are like that now. They go through the cycle of sinning, repenting, sinning, repenting, sinning, repenting, never able to come out. They are trapped. Could be trapped because of fear. Fear? Discouragement? Trapped because of fear? I'll show you. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. You have the call of God over your life, but you are absolutely not useful to God because you are trapped because of fear. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 1 onwards. Let's see. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, Go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab and there was a severe famine in Samaria. Uh, Samaria and Ahab had called Obadiah who was in charge of the house. No, Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. But look at what he said, what it says. For so it was while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them 50 to a cave and had fed them, uh, 50 to a cave and fed them with bread and water. What are they? Prophets of God. Do have the call of, call of God of their lives? Yes. But are they useful to God? No. Where are they? Trapped in a cave. Why? Trapped because of fear. Fear of who? Jezebel. Trapped. Not useful. See, fear is such a tremendous, what we call as a, uh, uh, it's a, it handicaps you literally. It hamstring, I mean, it will just take away your backbone. You'll, you'll be absolutely, it will paralyze you. Paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by guilt, paralyzed by shame. That's exactly what happened to that guy who had that, who had those four friends, right, who brought him. What happened to him? Paralyzed by guilt. Because Jesus looks at him and he says, pick up your mat and walk. Does he say? No. What does he say? My son, your sins are forgiven you. Paralyzed. Trapped by guilt. Trapped by fear. That's exactly the reason why Paul tells Timothy, Timothy fan back to flames of the gift that has, that you have received by the laying on of hands. You know why? Because you're paralyzed by guilt, by fear. What has happened? You've seen me in prisons, in prison and in chains and you said, Lord, if this is what happens to a man who's on fire for you, who walks faithfully with you and he is always from one prison, going from one prison to another, from one persecution to another persecution, from one severe test to another severe test, always, you know, uh, trapped by these, constrained by these chains. And that's what Paul tells Timothy. Timothy, Timothy, don't be ashamed of my chains. Don't be ashamed of it. And don't become fearful. For all those who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Are you trapped? What happened to you, Timothy? Are you constrained? Are you paralyzed by fear? Fan back to flames the gift that God has given to you by the laying on of hands. Don't become careless or or rather don't become, um, what do you say, dull and and, and don't let the gift uh, just become dormant. Revive it. Paralyzed. Cave experience. Trapped by fear. Are they prophets of God? Yes. Can they be used of God? No. Are they being fed by God? Yes. <laughs> Have they bowed down their uh, their their knee to any, any other God? No. Are they faithful to Yahweh? Yes. Are they being used by Yahweh? No. Why? They are in a cave. Cave constrained by circumstances. Constrained by fear. They have not, 
ત્યારે હેપી વિથ બધા નો વંડર નો એલાજસ એઝ આઈ અલોન આઈ એમ લેફ્ટ બટ લુક એટ ધીસ મેન નો ટ્રાપ બીકોઝ ઓફ ડિસ્કરેજમેન્ટ લુક એટ વોટ ઇઝ સેઝ ઇન ફર્સ્ટ કિંગ્સ ચેપ્ટર નાઇન્ટીન વર્સ સેવન ટુ ટેન the angel of the lord came back to the second time and touched him and said arise and eat because the journey is too great for you so he ate and drank and he went in the strength of the food 40 days and 40 nights as far as horeb the mountain of god and there he went into a cave <laughs> boss there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place and behold the word of the lord came to him saying said to him what are you doing here elijah what are you doing what has what ailed the elijah what's up with you trapped in a cave because of discouragement depressed so many people going through depression trapped by depression and discouragement don't know how to break it recently we had a case no ssr not srk ssr committed suicide brilliant guy or air triple seventh rank baba air triple seventh rank delhi college of delhi college of engineering dropped out of college was pursuing his dreams was making good money and what happened to him he killed himself depressed so many people trapped because of depression oppressed by demonic forces and that's exactly what is happening to david he's behaving like a madman now and he's coming to he must have come to the cave and he's saying lord what's going on with my life god what is going on with my life come to a point in my life i feel absolutely trapped what is this anointing <laughs> this business i didn't even ask for it god if anointing comes at such a great price i don't even want it <laughs> he might have said i don't know <laughs> can't you know i'm i can't raise a hand against this god's anointing because i fear you and this fellow is after my life what's going on lord in a cave depressed But thank God, no? David is a kind of a new covenant cave, saint. Okay, not cave. <laughs> new covenant saint. Okay, we are, we'll, when we study the life of David, we don't look at the life of David. We look at the life of a new covenant saint. How do you overcome the cave experience when you are trapped? We'll all be trapped. We'll feel trapped from time to time. Even if you're not trapped, people will call you that you're trapped. some of you are trapped ek ladki ne tujhe phasa liya girl has captured your heart now you're trapped in love and you know it's not from god and i don't know what to do <laughs> you can't give up and you want to give up but you're trapped 
Lord, how do I get out of this? I mean, I've, I've seen uh, this lockdown is another trap. <laughs> Literally locked in. <laughs> locked in for so many. I mean, I've, we were doing the Q&A sessions. I was telling Sammy, Sammy, I don't want this Q&A session. Boy, it's so depressing sometimes to go through all these questions of people and they're going, when they discuss their personal problems now. So many of them trapped in relationships. Trapped, feel trapped in their marriages. Abuse of spouses. They can't do anything about it now. And they're like, every day they're saying, Lord, where are you? I'm in a cave. Discouraged, depressed. What's going to happen to me, Lord? Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 36 to 38. Okay, let's uh, go go to 34 onwards maybe. 34 onwards. <clears throat> Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Became valiant in battle. This is all by faith. Turn to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Then. Others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance. This is new covenant life, by the way. That they might obtain a better resurrection. And then, still others had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn into two. Uh, were tempted, were slain in the, with a the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. And then, of whom the world was not worthy. They were wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and in caves of the earth <laughs> and these all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise why God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us what is what is it what is he talking about he's saying you know what in the new covenant saint a cave is a different experience cave has caves have been allowed by God to strengthen your faith. Caves are a test. If you are truly a believer and you are really, really in love with God, I am not saying we are perfect. We might be falling from time to time. Hmm. We might be falling from time to time. We don't want to fall, but we may fall. Okay. From time to time, we may be falling. But we, what we ask, in as far as our heart is concerned, we know that we love God. And then, and then, and, 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 and we come to like, for example, like, uh, uh, Joseph was put into the what, that, what is that place to, in, in, what is that place called? Dothan. Where was he put? He was put in another cave, literally, a pit. Deep pit where there was no water, constrained. And his life was one pit experience to another pit experience. Right? Pit at Dothan. Went into Potiphar's house. From there, pit into, next into the dungeon. The lowest part of the prison. It's remarkable. Hanimat was saying, Lord, what's going on? I feel trapped. All because I got a what? A dream. All because of one dream. My life is like this. But you know what? Caves are spiritual opportunities. They are Places where God has, the positions, I mean, there are situations which God has allowed into our lives to strengthen our faiths. 
okay just to prove to us that the world is not worthy of us <laughs> the question is do you want the world's worth or not is a question that is something which you need to ask yourself but how does david overcome these situations is a question now me that's it's a it's a new covenant believer how, how do we as new covenant saints learn from the life of david a guy who goes and acts like a madman before uh, before akish and then he goes into the cave and he's feeling trapped and added to that when he goes into the king of uh, place in adulam what happens his brothers come and all those who are depressed distressed and are in debt all the 3d's 3d effect has he has now in the cave all the 3d's come to his life he says lord what's going on but you know if we know this verse in romans chapter 8 don't have to turn don't have to turn there romans chapter 8 verse 28 all you know very well what is that all things work together for the good of those who love god and who are the called according to his purpose it's very important okay turn with me to james now let's let's go to james chapter 5 James chapter five. Uh, I would James chapter five. Yeah, verse thirteen, and that's enough. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. So, pray means palel is the Hebrew word for prayer. Halal is for praise. Halal is for prayer. Okay. So what does what does David do? He is suffering. So what should he do? Pray. But David, he prays with song. <laughs> he writes prayers with psalms. He does both. So what we call as he writes something called as contemplations. in caves so those are all whatever whatever has happened to david poor fellow has happened for our sake turn to romans chapter 14 romans chapter 14 okay. are you there and verse number yeah mm sorry uh sorry chapter 15 verse 4 chapter 15 and verse 4 whatever things were written before huh, were written for our learning okay that through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures we might have hope put it in esv esv is in even more beautiful we looked at it in esv look at what it says whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance ah and through the encouragement of scriptures so when you read the scriptures what should you get two things you should get endurance you should get and you should get encouragement and with the process in the process of getting endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures we might have what hope have hope so we have interestingly two psalms written by david when he was in the cave psalm 57 turn to psalm 
in verse 1 onwards. But before we go to verse 1, you should read the heading. Unfortunately, in our places, the heading is not mentioned. So let me read the heading for you. To the chief musician, set to the name, do not destroy. A mictum of David, when he fled from Saul into the cave. Yeah, that's the, that's the introduction. Okay, a mictum of David when he fled from Saul into the cave. So, whenever he's in the cave, can you imagine this guy? That is what we need to do. When we go to the cave, cry out. So, let's go to Psalm 142. Are you there? Again, let me read the heading for you. A contemplation or a mictum of David. A prayer. A prayer. What did I say? Whenever you are in, whenever you are suffering, what does James say? Pray. A prayer when he was in the cave. So two, two Psalms which are written, okay. So, but let us, let us, let us look at from verse one onwards and let's try to meditate as to how we can escape the trapped experience, spiritually trapped. No, your situations may not change, by the way. In situations might, will remain the same. Might remain the same. But your attitude has to change. Because freedom is here inside. Okay. Your situations may not change. Like for example, Paul was trapped, so to speak, in the prison. But he didn't, doesn't know that all the others were trapped. They were all prisoners of God. He was a free man. In prison. Rest were all prisoners. They were imprisoned by God so that they can meet Paul. Paul meets Onesimus in prison, gone. What happened to Onesimus? What happens to Onesimus? Get saved. Only two options. When you meet Paul, only two things will happen. Either you continue on your straight way to the hell <laughs> or you get saved. <laughs> okay, only these two things are possible. And once Paul, can you imagine being chained with Apostle Paul? I think those people, those days, they don't even know. Now in hindsight, we will, we will, we know what a great man he was. To be chained with Apostle Paul itself is a great experience, by the way. But this guy was changed, regardless. Now what, how does, how does David overcome these chain experience or trapped experience? He prays and he writes a psalm. He writes a contemplation. He meditates upon God. So whenever you're trapped, where do you change your focus to? Oh. That's exactly what happened to Jonah. Trapped. Where? Three days and three nights in the belly is well. Trapped. Finally on the third day, the fellow is still adamant. The first day itself he will not cry. And he says out of the depths on the third day he cries out and he says, those who pursue worthless idols have forsaken their own mercy. Then God says, okay fine, go and vomit this fellow out. Can you imagine if that guy wouldn't have actually uh, prayed, prayed to God and cried to God I think he would have, uh, I think he didn't mind to die actually. Okay, he didn't mind dying. He would never want to go to Nineveh. Those fellows let them die. That was his attitude. But regardless, so he cried out. What does he look? He looks to God. That's exactly what David does. He looks to God. Are you trapped? Look to God. So how do you look to God? <laughs> Important for us to understand. So let's turn to Psalm 57. And let's learn a few lessons as to how to look to God when we feel that we are trapped. And I'm sure many of you feel absolutely trapped. Great. 
Okay, let's read from verse 1 onwards now. How does it say? Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. Twice. And who is this O God? God means Elohim. This is how he is, 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 uh, he's addressing to God. Cheneni Elohim. Choneni actually, not Cheneni. Choneni Elohim. Choneni means have mercy upon me, O God. Be gracious unto me, O God. For my soul trusts in you and in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until, until these, what? Calamities have passed by. This is how we start. What do we bank on? The mercy of God. Okay. On the mercy of God. Exodus chapter 33 verse 19. You know this very well. Exodus chapter 33. Actually, we can read verses 18 and 19. 18 and 19. And he said, please show me your glory. Who said this? Moses said this. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Not some goodness. All my goodness pass before you. And I will, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And he says, I will be merciful or gracious to whom I will be merciful. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And so what is he doing? He's appealing And surrendering himself to the mercy of God. 33.18 Psalm. 33.18 Psalm. Okay. Behold, I like this. The eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. And go to the next verse. Because there's a comma over there, no? To deliver their soul from death. Okay. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Wow. What a promise. The eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. Do you fear God? If you fear God, you don't have to fear any situation or any man. On those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. So one thing he says, he, this particular says, what particular verse is, is telling us, I of the Lord is on those who fear him. Okay. Okay. I will guide you with my eye. That's what it means. I will guide you with my eye. Okay. That's what he tells Abraham. Walk thou before me and be thou blameless. My eyes eyes on you. God's eyes on all those whom he has called and whom he has chosen. His eyes on you. The eye of the Lord is on you. In fact, it says, eyes of the Lord run to and fro to make, to show himself strong on behalf of those who, what? Heart is steadfast upon him. Okay. So, on those who hope in his mercy. See, by the way, this is David's heart, okay? See, things will not suddenly come out of your, of your, uh, of your heart unless until it's been your, it's been your habit. Okay. One guy who always appeals to God's mercy. And if you look at so many Psalms, how does Psalm 51 start? Have mercy. The same thing. <laughs> Have mercy upon me, O God. Look at David, no? I mean, you want to show you a very interesting incident from his life. Turn to Psalm, sorry, Second uh, Samuel chapter, tw- chapter 12 and verse 21. Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 21. Then his servant said to him, what is this that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. 
But when he, when the child died, you arose and ate food. And look at what he says. And he said, this is David, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be, ah, uh, what is the word? Merciful to me. Who can tell? Instead of saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. And how does the stanza go? Who can tell what God can do? Who can tell? Who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? The eye of the Lord is upon those who fear him and those who hope for his mercy. Who can tell? But he's not twisting God's arm, right? Lord, be merciful to me. Why? Because God is merciful upon those whom he wants to be merciful. And he's saying, Lord, I know, I know that you are merciful to all those who are merciful. Can, can I be a recipient of your mercy, please? Can I be, can I be Lord? Can I be a recipient of your mercy? Can I be Lord? Who can tell that the Lord will be gracious? That's his life. He messes up. And what does he, what does he do? He appeals to the one attribute of God, that the God is gracious. And every time he sins, he does the same thing. Turn to, again, Second Samuel chapter 24. This is after he does the census. Remember? He does the census. Now, verse 10 onwards. David's heart condemned him, or he was convicted by his conscience. This is a great thing about David. He had a sensitive, tender heart, Baba. Okay. How do you know that you fear God? When little things bother you. Little attitudes. Right in the morning, little attitudes was bothering me. I will not tell you what it is, but I know. Little attitudes. Small, small, little, little attitudes. Okay. Scoffing spirit. Mocking attitudes. So many attitudes are there. Some people, they just live their lives without any convictions at all. It shows how your conscience has been seared by a hot iron. It's not sensitive anymore. And some people just, just not have, don't even have a seared conscience. They have an evil conscience. You know what a seared conscience, the difference between a seared conscience and an evil conscience? Seared conscience means conscience is absolutely ineffective. It doesn't convict him at all. Evil conscience, he calls good evil. He calls evil good. That is evil conscience. Conscience is like a compass. Okay, those days they used to use the compass to travel. So it always points to the magnetic north. North over there. No, yeah, exactly. Magnetic north. Now the problem is the con- north is always north. Whether your compass is fu- functioning properly or not. Now if your con- if your compass is messed up, okay, instead of showing magnetic north, it shows magnetic south, imagine. Or maybe by a few degrees, it shows a different angle. Okay. Few degrees, it shows a different angle. What is a seared conscience? The compass doesn't move at all. Any different angle, it shows only one angle. Evil conscience shows a different angle. Ah, remember the diet of worms. The diet of worms. Whom, are, whom, I am, whom am I talking about? 
martin luther okay he was he was now given 24 hours to think about what his answer has to be the next day when he is called by the council okay so he, no, yeah, actually he says they say recant all what you have said so he says you know he is like under pressure now so he says can you just give me 24 hours to think about what you've said so he goes the next day he comes back and they ask him this question what do you think luther he said you know what my conscience my conscience is a prisoner of the word of god my conscience is a prisoner of the word of god i cannot recant sorry that is the reason why you and i are here today because one man's conscience was absolutely a prisoner of the word of god trained by the spirit trained by the word and sensitive to the movings of the holy spirit so what happens to david's heart david's heart condemned him after him and because he numbered the people so david said to the lord i have sinned greatly in what i have done but now i pray o lord take away the iniquity of your servant for i have done very foolishly so what does god do god comes to him now when the, when david arose in the morning the word of the lord came to the prophet god david seer so david david's i like that so who's who were david's eyes god yeah you need to understand you need to have seers in your life who will be your eyes you need to have samuels in your eyes in your life who will be your ears god was a seer and this fellow is an uncompromising fellow go and tell david that says the lord i offer you three things choose one of them for yourself multiple choice question no none of the above a b c d no d only a b c choose one of them for yourself then i may do it for you do it to for you other do it to you <laughs> <laughs> and then verse 13 look at what it says so god came to david and told him and he said to him shall seven years of famine come to you in your land or shall you flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you or shall there be three days of plague in your land now consider these consider and see what answer i should take back to him who sent me kya baat hai this is god the seer God is named after one of the sons of uh, Jacob. One of them is God. What did he have? I think he had food, right? I don't know. I forget God. So now consider the sea. Consider and see what 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 answer I should take back to him who sent me. And then what did David say? And David said to God, "I am in great distress. Please let me fall into the hand of the Lord for for his mercies are great." That's his attitude all the time. Yeah, the eye of the Lord is upon them who fear Him and those upon those who hope in His mercies. Who can tell that God will be merciful? In other words, I don't want to twist the arm of God and say, "Lord, be merciful to me." No, please, Lord, be merciful to me. That is the attitude with which we go to God, and God sees our heart. And you know what God says? I will be merciful upon those whom I I want to be merciful. 
So that is the reason why repentance is such a fantastic process. You know what it says? Turn to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 and 7. This is repentance. Seek the Lord when he may be found. Call upon him when he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. So what is the one thing that grants you mercy from God? Repentance. Godly sorrow. Repentance. So at least three attitudes you need to have in order to receive mercy from God. To have the audacity to say, Lord, be merciful to me. Let me show you those attitudes. Turn to Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. Okay, let's see. Everybody see that? He who covers his sins will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them, will have mercy. So what? how do you receive mercy from God? Not by covering yourself. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Look ma, no hands. One guy learned to cycle. Now he's trying to act off. No, no hands. No, first... Hey ma, hey ma, dekho mera haat bhi nahi hai. Mera haat bhi nahi hai. He's cycling without his hands. Now, he took off his hands and after a while, he was very, very confident. He took off his legs also from the pedal. Hey ma, hey ma, dekho, dekho, mera haat bhi nahi hai. Mera pair bhi nahi hai. And afterwards, he had a <laughs> crash. Hey ma, dekho, mera haat bhi nahi hai. Mera pair bhi nahi hai. Mera daant bhi nahi hai. Don't hide. Don't hide. That is the reason why. You know what uh, what uh, Peter tells Ananias and Sapphira? How has Satan put in your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Don't lie to him. Don't lie. Don't hide. Go to Psalm 32, verse 1, 2 and 3. 1 and 2 is enough. 1, 2 and 3 actually is enough. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Whose sin is covered? No, he doesn't doesn't cover his sin. Somebody else is doing the covering of his sin. The point is either you cover his, your sin and God exposes it or God covers his sin and nobody even dares to expose it. Over. Once it's covered, it's done. Covered or atoned for. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. And look at the last part. And in whose spirit there is no deceit. That is the point. No guilelessness is the attitude with which we have to approach God. What is a person who is, who is a person who is trying to hide his sin? The one who is deceitful. And that is the reason why it says in Galatians chapter 6, be careful, God is not mocked. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows, that also he will reap. If you sow in the flesh, of the flesh you will receive corruption. You will reap corruption. If you sow in the spirit, of the spirit you will reap 
eternal life. What is sowing in the spirit therefore? Having no guile in your spirit. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of this testimony. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, in whose mouth was no guile or deceit about David. In whose mouth there was no deceit. And what does it say about the lamb? Revelation chapter 14 verse 4. Revelation chapter 14 verse 4. These are the ones who are not defiled with women. Who are these? The 144,000 virgins who follow the lamb wherever he goes. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. These are redeemed from among men being first fruits to God and to the lamb. Next verse. And in their mouth was found no deceit for they are without fault. Not before man, before the throne of God. That is the reason why he looked at the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You brood of vipers. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. On that day, it says in Romans chapter 2, God will judge the secrets of men by my gospel. Why? Their conscience either excuses them or accuses them. And God is going to judge the secret of secrets of men. That day, everything will be revealed. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1, 2, 3, 4. Look at what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, for the 375th time. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful but but with me it is a small, very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself for I know nothing against myself. Yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. And verse 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Not the things that you have done first. He will reveal the counsels of your hearts. He will bring out all the hidden things which you try to cover up. Okay. So he who covers his sin will not prosper. How do I know that I am a man who is who's obtaining the mercy of God? You know, I am under the mercy of God. You know how I know it? If I am walking in what I call guilelessness. If I am having the fruit of having no guile in my spirit. Because he says, looks at Nathaniel and says behold a true Israelite indeed in whom there is no what? Deceit or guile. What a commendation from God. Then each one's praise. Then each one's praise will come from God. That is the reason why it says, circumcision is not of the flesh, but is of the heart, not of the letter, but of the spirit, whose praise is not from men, but from God. The praise is from God. Ultimately, he's looking only from, just. that is what we call as justification by faith alone. Nana. You'll understand that later on. So, he who confesses, and forsakes his sin. Not just confessing. Lot of people confess but never forsake. They love their sin. Oh. <laughs> they love it so much. That they want God to save them. In their sin. His name is Jesus. For he shall save his people. 
from their sins, not in their sin. <laughs> so go back to Psalm 32. So what does he do? Verse 3 now. When I kept silent. <laughs> what does it say? Psalm 32 verse 3. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. So if you want to grow old very fast. Secret. It says, Gray hairs are a glory to the old ease if it is obtained in righteousness. Nana, righteousness. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all day long. I'm telling you something. It's, it's, it's so true, no? Why is there no joy in so many people's life? I will, he says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their Strength. They shall mount up on wings or eagles, etc., etc. Even the youths grow weary and faint. But those who wait upon the Lord. Why are the youths growing weary and fainting? Because they are hiding their sins. They are addicted to their sin. They are wasting their life. Trapped in their sin. In a cave. Called their room. In front of the computer. Watching all kinds of garbage from the pits of hell. What is happening? In a cave, trapped in their sin, unable to get out. What is happening? They are getting wasted away. That's what, that's what, that's what, you know, uh, uh, Moses says in Psalm 90, he says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place to all generations. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. But you know what happened? But we are wasting away, Lord. Your hand is away upon us. 70 years plus 10, 80 years if by strength. But all his days are what? Weariness. Because of our iniquities. Because of our sins. So when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. So you know why some, you know, oldies, some people, they have so much of energy. Why? <laughs> I'll tell you simply, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Not the five kilometers jog. Your strength. I mean, that's good. I'm not saying. What does Paul say? Bodily exercise profits a little. But godliness is profitable not only for this life, but also to the life to come. Bodily exercise is good. You have to skip and do a jog, a lot of jogs and everything. You should keep your body fit because it's just something which God has given us and we have to be a good stewards of this body and not become consumers of sugar. Right, doctor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. See, understand that. So, what is it? Through my groaning all the day long, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon my. Think about it. If he did not experience the hand of God over his life like this, would he have ever repented? The mercy of God? The mercy of God if the hand of God is heavy upon you. That's exactly what he did. Three options for you, David. What is it? Let me fall under the hands of God for his mercies. He's a merciful God. I am a God who hopes in his mercy. That is how he starts his song. He says, be merciful to me, O Lord. Why? See, think about it. Did he do any sin till now? He was, he was for no... Mistake or sin of his, he is being pursued. But he still 
ask for ask the Lord for mercy? He doesn't say, Lord, send fire and brimstone and salt and consume him. He says, Lord, be merciful to me that I may not sin. Three six Micah or three sixteen or three six three six hundred Micah. I'm sorry, Malachi. Malachi three six. Malachi three six. If I'm right. If I'm right. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. For I am the Lord who do not change. Therefore you are not consumed. Oh you sons of Jacob. You're not consumed. You know why? I am the Lord who doesn't change. I am the same Lord yesterday, today and forever. And my mercies endure forever. And he's appealing to the mercy of God. So what does he say in Psalm 32? Verse 3 and 4. 3 and 4 now. <clears throat> 32 verse 3 and 4. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. All my strength was gone. And how was it turned? Into the drought of summer. It's not only summer, the drought of summer. I became like a parched land. No sarum in my body at all. No liquid. Everything is over, evaporated, gone. What is the, what is the next word? Uh-uh. What is the next word? Sela. Think, 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 please. Now let us do a scale change and go from my major to minor. And start thinking. So there's some kind of an interlude which goes on. No? Our Hindi, Telugu songs also have a lot of interlude. Now instead of contemplation, they will go, they will drive us crazy only. <laughs> Between from one, one stanza to another. Oh my goodness. What? I, this is not Sela. <laughs> this is headache. Interludes. Interludes are good. If they compel us to contemplate, think, pause. But here there is no pause nowadays. Drums and drums and drums and my goodness. You should see some of the Telugu song interludes. It goes for at least two minutes before the next uh, next stanza they sing. And I'm like, okay, I want to sing. Ah, ah, it's not happening. It's not coming out. <laughs> Unfortunately, why? Let us learn from David, okay? Let's let's go to verse 5. Then we know what he said. I acknowledged my sin. And my iniquity I did not hide. Why? He who hides his sin will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes will obtain mercy. He said, I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression. My sin, my iniquity, and my transgressions to the Lord. And you just not did not forgive my sin. You forgave the iniquity of my sin. You forgave. You went to the deep roots. The axe was laid to the root. And you took out that cancer. Which was propelling this disease. Sila. Contemplate now. Think about that. So. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 to 10 will say, for the 485th time in 91 days. That's a hyperbole, okay? You're lying. Oh, it's hyperbole. 
rising up early god also sent so many hyperboles okay so i'm just using god's tactics okay if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves how do we deceive ourselves three ways we deceive ourselves first if any man thinks that is something when he is nothing he he deceives himself second way we deceive ourselves if any man sows in the flesh and he thinks it's going to reap eternal life he deceives himself that's the point it doesn't matter if i continue in my ways turn to deuteronomy Chapter 28, if I'm right. 29, 29. And uh, look at that verse where it says, just a minute please, I forgot that verse. It's just coming offhand to my brains. But let me just show you. Uh, Oh boy, sorry. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ch- chapter th- 29, verses 18, sorry, verse 16 to 20. Okay, this. For you know that we dwelt in the land of Egypt, and that we came through the nations which you passed by. And you saw their abominations and their idols which were among, among them, wood, stone, and silver, and gold. And then, so that there may be not, not among you any man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away from the Lord our God and to go and serve the gods of these nations and that there be, may not be among you a root bearing bitterness or wormwood. Look at what it says. Verse 19. So it may so happen when he hears the words of this curse. So blessings and curse. That he blesses himself where in his heart saying, That means he's thinking out loud now. I shall have peace. Even though I follow the dictates of my heart. (laughs) So you see that? Nothing is going to happen to me. So I said, if any man thinks that he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Second, a man deceives himself. He is sowing in the flesh and he is going to reap eternal life. If he thinks like that. Third, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourself. How do you deceive yourself? You look at this, you look at yourself in the mirror of the word of God and you exactly know what kind of a man you are. But you say, the mirror lies and you walk away. So what lies? Yeah, mirrors in, uh, gyms lie, definitely. They make, they make you look leaner than you actually are. Have you seen that? No. You go to the gym mirror and you look at yourself, look at yourself, everything looks so flat. I don't know why it is like that. And then you come back home and then, and then you look at yourself in the mirror. Sorry, a punch is coming. Two minutes, this is within 15 minutes, the punch has come back. 
that mirror right baba mirror mirror on the wall who is the fairest of them all you you that's exactly what the mirror said to that witch and one day snow white came mirror mirror on the wall who is the famous of the, who is the fairest of them all not you anymore how dare that means i am not fair so what should i do kill snow white that's exactly what they did to david uh, to jesus he was the fairest of 10000s there was no blemish in him and instead of changing their lives according to the mirror of the word of god with the word of god became flesh and showed exactly what kind of a life we have to live instead of asking god for the grace what did they do they killed him you deceive yourself the third way. the fourth way you deceive yourself is this way 1 john chapter 1 verse Eight. How do you deceive yourself? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him God a liar. You want to make God a liar? No. He says, you know what? Let God be true, and every man a liar. and his word is not in us oh my dear brothers my dear brothers my dear brothers 14 year olds to 30 year olds to 40 year olds now all of us think on these statements how else do we have mercy ephesians chapter 4 was 31 to 32 ephesians chapter 4 was 31 to 32 and colossians chapter 3 was 13 let all bitterness wrath anger clamor evil speaking be put away from you with all malice okay there are different kinds of malice by the way hmm? and be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another how even as god god in christ forgive you god in christ forgive you so be merciful and then you will obtain mercy two things first of all don't hide your sin second be merciful to others so be merciful to me oh lord he says that's how he starts let's go back now how does he say chapter 4 sorry chapter 57 verse 1 and 2 of uh, sam be merciful to me o god be merciful to me for my soul trusts only in you not in any man and in the shadow of your wings i make my refuge that is very interesting isn't it so when david goes to the cave is he alone no <laughs> his brothers come several men will also come how many men come in all 400 men come but in spite of the fact that he has got 400 from 400 people around him you know what he says lord i only put put my trust in you not in the strength here of of the people around me only in you i put my trust let me tell you something no man will be able to give you comfort only god can only god we'll come to that later 
Only God can comfort us. How do I know this? Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 22 and verse uh, 22, sorry, not 22, verse 12, chapter chapter 12, 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22 to 24, 22 to 24. For the Lord will not forsake his people. Second Samuel, sorry, 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 apologize. Second Samuel chapter 12, verses 22 onwards. This is when uh, David's son dies, right? And he said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept for I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be merciful to me that the child may live? If you actually put it in um, uh, just uh, maybe NLT once to get an idea and then we'll go back now to get that word gracious is also, is NLT? Uh, Maybe ESV? I want that word merciful is also gracious. NASB, also gracious. Yeah, everything gracious. NIV, yeah, NIV, yeah, thank you. NIV. Get third word, yeah. Uh, is it NIV? Which word, which translation do you have, Sami? Okay, 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 fine, fine, fine. I was looking for the word merciful. It's okay, no problem. So, the Lord may be gracious, or actually the word is merciful, okay? Khoneni, okay? God will be merciful to me that the child may live. But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back to me? Back again? Look at this confidence. I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And then look at what's, what's the next verse 24 will say. When then David, what did he do? Comforted Bathsheba, his wife. How can you comfort somebody? Unless and until you have been comforted by God. Right? See, you know, you will receive comfort only when you have confessed your sin. It's a God who wipes away every tear from your eyes. Accepts your tears. For example, if you turn to Second Corinthians chapter 1, look at what it says. Verse 3 to 7. We know this very well. We know this very well. Beautiful verses. No? Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. <laughs> I like that. He's a Father. He's a cause of all mercies. In other words, He is the one who fathers mercies. The point is, has he fathered mercies? Are you mercy? Is your name only mercy? The point is that he is the father of mercies. We are all what? The mercies of God. Do you know that? The people who have been sent into our life to speak the word of God, what are they? Instrument or they are actually mercies of God. The people who have been called and to mentor us, the people who have been sent into our life to mentor us, the people who have sent into our lives to bring us to God. Who are they? They are instruments of God's mercy. They are mercies. He is the father of mercies. So if you are all what? (laughs) Mercies. It's not enough for us to have the name mercy. We should be mercy. What is Jesus called? He is called the wisdom of God. The righteousness. His name is righteousness. He is the way, the truth and the life. And what are we supposed to call? We are supposed to be called mercy of God. The mercy of God. Why God was merciful to me that he sent me to you, sent you into my life. You know, we somebody helps us when we are in such tight situations. 
ఫర్ ఎగ్జాంపుల్ అరే నువ్వు దేవుడిలాగా వచ్చారు నా జీవితంలోకి దట్స్ వాట్ విసైనా యూ కేమ్ లైక్ గాడ్ ఇన్ టు మై లైఫ్ యూ ఆర్ లైక్ ద ఇన్స్ట్రుమెంట్ ఆఫ్ గాడ్స్ మర్సీ యు ఆర్ మర్సీ ఇన్ అదర్ వర్డ్స్ పర్సానిఫైడ్ సో ద ఫాదర్ ఆఫ్ మర్సీ ద గాడ్ ఆఫ్ వాట్ నాట్ జస్ట్ నార్మల్ కంఫర్ట్ all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by god boy awesome isn't it next verse and then read till verse 7 for as the sufferings of christ abound in us so our consolation also abounds through christ and he says now if we are afflicted it is for your consolation and salvation that means we are mercy that's what he says we are workers together with god for your what joy <laughs> we are workers together for, with god for your joy he says in second corinthians chapter 1 i don't know exactly the verse i think verse 20 don't, don't have to turn there now if we are afflicted it is for your consolation and salvation which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer or if you are comforted it is for your consolation and, and salvation and verse 7 therefore therefore and our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of our sufferings so also you will be paid partakers of our consolation as well just like console i console not consolation matlab consoling not console consoling you know what i'm talking about these are not con- i don't know why terminals are called consoles <laughs> okay console consoles us. and so what is he doing he is comforting betshiva how is he able to comfort betshiva something happened to him and immediately goes to betshiva is able to comfort her she takes her into his confidence takes him into her confidence and then of course he has a baby called solomon all right so hope in his mercy my dear brothers So when are you whenever you feel trapped what should you do? what should you say lord be merciful to me lord and then go go back to uh, psalm 57 now verse 1 now <clears throat> be merciful to me o god be merciful to me for my soul trusts in you and in the shadow of your wings i will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by who is my refuge you are my refuge you are my righteousness you feel condemned where should you find yourself in position where should your position be in christ under the shadow of your wings that's what he tells uh, boaz tells ruth okay blessed are you under whose wings you have come to take refuge you have come to take refuge that means you have humbled yourself you have forsaken all your gods and you have told your mother in law where you go i go where you die i die your god my god your people my people everything is your only death will separate us that's all powerful what is he saying lord i want to hide myself in you we sing that song no hide me now under your wings when the oceans rise and thunders roar i will soar with you above the clouds above the storm have you seen the storm from the international space station people in the international space station are not afraid of the storm they look at the storm 
and they take pictures of the storm. They know exactly where the eye of the storm is. But are they affected by the storm? No, not even a single bit. They're enjoying zero gravity. They're flying. <laughs> that one thing, no, I like to go there to ISS, no? That thing they do like this and they go from here to there like Superman, no? The only place where they can experience Superman experience is that in, uh, in the ISS. Girls do it, Baba. And I said, Baba, even if girls do it, I'm here, nonsense. <laughs> she does that, no? What's her name? Uh, not Kalpana Chawla. Uh, forget her name. Another. Huh? Forget her name. It's, uh, Williams. Sunita Williams, yeah. Sunny, she's called, her, she's called her Sunny Williams, Sunita Williams. You should see she goes to different, different places in the ISS and she does this and she comes out like that, like Superman in the International Space Station. No, what, what are these guys doing? They're able to look at, they have a different point of view, completely from different, from the others. They are able to rise above the situation. How are you doing? Under the circumstances, I'm doing great. Hey, you're not supposed to be under the circumstances. You're supposed to be above. Why? What is your position in Christ? He has made us alive and he has made us to sit with Christ together with him in the heavenly places. Our vantage point is completely different. We look at life from a different vantage point. Completely. That's what we call rising above the storm. So, and in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities pass by. When are these calamities going to end? Okay. My habitation is you. You have been our dwelling place through all generations from everlasting to everlasting you are God and you have chosen us in him before the foundation of the world were laid and you called us to be in him. Now I don't want to go outside of him. Why? If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation first. Second, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. That is what it means to be in Christ Jesus. I will re- take my refuge until these calamities have passed by. So what does he do? Next verse, verse 2. And 3. Okay. I will cry to God most high. <laughs> To God who performs all things for me. Okay, what does he uh, appeal to God as? God most high. He shall send from heaven and save me. He shall send from heaven and save me. What will he send, Baba? See, that is left to us. What do you want? He will send you that. He doesn't say he will send help. Isn't it interesting? He will send. That's it. If you need a word, he will send you a word. If you need an email, he will send you an email. If you need a text message from somebody, he will send. No, I was at one point of time, I was really, really going through some interesting situations in life. Few few months back, one few months back. No, just one email I was sent. I said, boy, what an email! I needed this. I needed an email at that time. He will send. He will send, my dear brothers. What will you send, Lord? Whatever you want. 
वॉट एवर यू वॉन्ट ही विल सेंड आई लाइक दैट एब्सेंस ऑफ अ फ्यू वर्ड्स विल स्पीक सो मेनी सो मेनी थिंग्स नॉट दिस इज रॉन्ग ग्रामर करेक्ट थियोलॉजी incomplete sentences but correct theology there are no incomplete sentences in your in your life there are only because god is already complete we are we are made complete in him he shall send from heaven and save me whatever you want he will send i'm trapped o lord he will send an abedmelek where are you jeremiah in a dungeon and he will send an ethiopian eunuch not the guy on the road to uh, yeah yeah not the road from back to jerusalem to ethiopia but this guy is a abedmelek he will say you know what you should not put uh, jeremiah there and somebody will send some ropes ask him to put around his armpit and uh, pull him out an abedmelek into your life some a raven into your life a letter into your life a person into your life a church into your life <laughs> a bunch of guys into your life whatever you need god will send he shall send from heaven that's all i need what he will send i don't know but he will send okay he will send i like that no so that is the bible is so beautiful he shall send from heaven and save me he reproaches the one he reproaches the one who would swallow me up sela god shall send forth his mercy and truth he shall send and god will send forth his mercy and truth we sing that song no mercy is falling is falling is falling can you imagine a guy who is in the cave can you sing that song we can sing it nicely in this beautiful ambience over here and start jumping hey ho i receive your mercy baba in the cave when you are trapped can you raise your hands and say lord i receive your mercy whatever you send will be mercy whatever you send will be truth he will send and he will save me what will he send he whatever he sends he will be mercy because you know what the eye of the lord is upon them who fear him and upon those who hope in his mercy and what does he address god as most most high el elion <laughs> Genesis chapter 14 verse 17 onwards And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shave that is the king's valley after his return from the defeat of Shadorlomer and the kings who were with him five kings greater than him then Melchizedek before what is his name re Bera the king of sodom what do you know bera means actually i think it's word destruction or something okay i said something related with satanic influences okay the melchizedek the king of salem brought out bread and wine he was a priest of god most high el elion and what did he say i like the rendering in uh, in nkjv we'll also look at the other renderings to get a complete picture and he blessed him and said blessed be abram i like that of god most high in other words what is he say? what is he saying what does it mean of god most high ka matlab kya hai you belong to god most high first thing another translation will say blessed be god 
blessed be Abraham by God Most High. Because you belong to God Most High, he, he blesses you. Possessor of heaven and earth. What is he? The most high God. The very first time the word El Elyon comes into picture. And then what, what happens? Verse 20. And blessed be God most high. Who has what? Delivered your enemies into your hands. And Abraham gave him a tithe of all. Psalm 47. Verse 2. Psalm 47 verse 2. Okay, what does it say? For the most high God is awesome. He is the great king over all the earth. That means what? He is absolutely sovereign every every situation. Next. Psalm Yeah, 97.9. Psalm 97.9. What does it say? For you, Lord, are most above, most high above all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. So 83.18 Psalm. That they may be known, that they may know you, whose name alone is the Lord, are the most high over all the earth. And then, 89-27. Also, I will make him my firstborn. Who is this? Jesus, exactly. I will also make him my firstborn, the highest or the most high of the Kings of the earth. He is above all. That means what? Who is he appealing to? He is appealing to the highest king. See, let me tell you something. When you sin, appeal to the highest king. Okay? When you sin, appeal to the highest king. Don't go to the kings of uh, the earth. Go to the high. Why? If he justifies you, it doesn't matter what other people say. That's what he says, right? If he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he, not with him, freely give us all things? Who can bring any charge against God's elect? Who justifies? God justifies. So what do you do? Appeal to the highest king. This is what I do. This is what I do. Lord, I messed up. You know, some one of the things that I do is uh, the best way to 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 do a confession. Type it out or write it down. I write as a as a draft. Okay, I don't have an email to send to God, so I write it and put it in my draft. So later, if if somebody knows my password and after I die and I go to heaven. You can see my drafts and see all my confessions. Not now. 
all the dirty little secrets. I have written it all down. Everything. I called everything a spade, a spare. I just wrote it down. And you wouldn't believe it. By the time I finished my email, I know I was forgiven. Do you have that kind of a relationship? Do you appeal to the God most high? Or do you appeal to human courts? That is what it means to dwell in the secret place of the most high. That is what it means. What does it mean? When you pray, go to your secret closet. Close all the doors for the God who sees you in secret will reward you openly. That is the reason why you need Psalm 142. Look at what it says. I have 400 people around me. I cry out to the Lord. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. And then sometimes you may not have a voice. I pour out my complaint. Not on the phone, but before the throne. I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. In other words, mera paristhiti ko spasht roop se unke sanidhi mein aur rakh rahe ho. I am just putting it before him. Lord, this is what I have. I don't want to pretend. And then his verse 3. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me. This is what it means to be trapped. When my spirit is overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path in the way in which I walked. They have secretly set a snare for me. And there are snares everywhere. And what is the greatest snare? I'll tell you something. Guilt and condemnation is the greatest snare. It's called, don't fall under the condemnation of the devil. What is the con- And condemnation is from the devil. Conviction is from God. And then, look on my right hand and see. For there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. But Lord, you know. I know that you care for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge. My portion in the land of the living. You are my refuge. You are my portion in the land of the living. And then, attend to my cry. For I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors. For they are stronger than I. Let me tell you something. The enemy is absolutely stronger than you. You think that you can fight? He accuses how many times? Night and day. The accuser of the brethren. And you think he's going to lie before God. For they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison. That I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me. For you shall deal bountifully with me. This is how he cries out to God. He appeals to the God most high. I remember now, so many emails I wrote. <laughs> I love that. Whenever nowadays, now sometimes I just go back and write all the emails. I say, Lord, I wrote it. But I wrote it. As it is written, so it shall be done. Now we can't erase it. It's over. I just wrote it. One of, one of the best ways to get things right with God, just type out your heart. <laughs> type out your heart I like that pour out your heart now type out your heart <laughs> the modern day equivalent of that now type it out man 
and i sometimes you know the, the, the computer is just going crazy only you know it's my mind is racing your fingers are racing and i say lord i want to get it out i want to get it out lord i want to get it out. i want to pour out my heart before you i want to set my life in order with you i don't want to appeal to anybody else i want to appeal to you that is what it says when you pray go to your secret second when you give give in secret when you fast fast in secret for he who sees you in secret will reward you openly Fifty-seven, verse four. <laughs> you know who's around you? Look at what it says. My soul is among lions. Who are these lions? Explains. I lie among the sons of men. Who are they? They are not the sons of God. They are the sons of men. Who are set on fire? Whose teeth are spears and arrows, and the tongue is a sharp sword. What are they doing? Oh my goodness! Some people, when they open their mouths, their 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 uh, remarks, their slights, sons of men, lions, and you can't say anything about it, right? Especially if they know you very well from the child from your childhood. What can you say? Can you defend yourself? No, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> He says, "Lord, my, they are like. See, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, like Pastor was saying. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers of darkness. But let me tell you, Satan uses flesh and blood. Satan uses flesh and blood. So what do you do? You don't fight flesh and blood, therefore." You go before God and start praying. What do you say? No weapon formed against me will prosper, and every lying tongue that is going to rise against me, I shall condemn. For this is my heritage, as a servant of the Lord. Why my vindication comes from you and you alone. And verse five: Be exalted, O Lord, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. Selah. Verse seven and eight. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and I will give praise. Awake my glory. Awake lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. Beautiful. The dawn will not awaken me. I will awaken the dawn. Hey, when is this light going to come? Come on, get up, get up, get up! It's time for you to rise up, son. I will awaken. In other words, he—you know what it is? He's eager to set his heart straight with God. That's what it means. And then, finally, I will praise you, O Lord. Among the peoples, I will sing to you among the nations. For your what mercy reaches unto the heavens, and your truth into the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above all the above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. A mikdam of David. And what does he do in the cave in Adullam? He sings the song, and he cries out to God. And what does God do? 
What do they do? Let's turn now to Second Samuel. Sorry, First Samuel chapter twenty-two, verse one, two, and three. It's beautiful. He gets strength, right? And David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there with him and verse three. Yeah, verse two. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. You know why God has put them through all these situations? The comfort that he has received, he is able to comfort others as well. So the people who are in distress, what distress means, you know, they are in straightness. They have lost straightness. There is nowhere for you to escape. Cave is a situation like that. Nowhere to escape. Fears without, sorry, fears within, trouble without. All around you, distress everyone who is in debt, who is indebted, and everyone who is discontented gather to him. So he became captain over them. How can you become captain over somebody if you have not gone through the same experience? In other words, in other words, you have not proven God when you are in straightness. It's interesting, right? It says that when uh, David goes to war against Goliath, Saul gives him his armor. And David says, I can't go with this. Why? Because I haven't. <laughs> okay. Why? Why can't he? Why can't he go? Why can't he wear them? He says, I haven't proven them. I haven't tested them. Okay. So God is asking, Can I make you mercy? Yes, Lord, but I haven't tested you. <laughs> I haven't proven you. And so he sends into his life everyone who's in distress, everyone who's in debt, and everyone who's discontent. They gather, they gather around him. So he becomes captain over them. And there are about 400 men with him at the cave in Adullam. But let me tell you something. Let's fast forward to Second Samuel chapter 23. Sorry. So 23, 2 Samuel, chapter 23. Yes, verse 13 onwards. And three of the 30 chief men went down at harvest time and came to David at the Came of now these were the people. No, no, they are. They were the four, of the four hundred men who joined him when he was in distress. Now look at through distress. What does he birth? Three warriors. He came to David at the at the cave of Adullam. Again, the same situation. Now, what happens? And the troop of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephaim. David was there in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was there in Bethlehem. And what has happened? And he says, David said with longing, Oh, that someone would give me a drink by the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And what do these people do? Three fellows risk their lives. How did you get a guy, bunch of guys who will risk their lives for you? 
because when you were in straightness you became their commander in other words literally david became their father and one day <laughs> these people are going to lay their lay down their lives for him lay down their lives for him remember that place when david now is very old he is going to war and somebody is about to kill david and son one one guy comes and stops him and he kills him and he says boss now you are our father is enough that you have fought you have fought sufficiently for such a long time you stay there you are our glory now you become the to take the, take on the mentorship role become our coach we will fight the battles but how can you have such a people unless and until you have been trapped by god and proven god in all your traps traps will be set and will be allowed by god but in those traps god teaches us so many lessons when we have proven god in our traps we will be able to help others who are trapped <laughs> god bless let's pray father we just thank you father for this day we have learned so many truths i pray father these truths will become life father where can we go you and you alone have the words of life and therefore we look up to you the god most high in whom we trust we thank you father for the promises that you have given to us every promise yes and amen in christ continue to lord make your word let your word continue to burn in us let it become a part of our life and enable us to walk in your ways we thank you we praise you we give you glory for in jesus name we pray amen